Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hello, Chris Evans here and welcome to the latest edition of the Best of the Breakfast Show podcast with Sky from Virgin Radio. Coming up, Greenix finest Martin Comston has us on the edge of our seats chatting about the long-awaited return of Line of Duty Series 6. We all got to watch episode one via an encoded link. It's as good as ever, if not better. The mischievous TV mastermind Alex Horn spills the beans on the upcoming shenanigans in season 11 of Taskmaster on Channel 4. Former editorial director of the Sunday Times, Eleanor Mill, lifts the lid on her new supportive venture for women in midlife noon.org.uk and music industry legend Alan McGee details the history of his iconic record label in the biopic creation stories available now on Sky Cinema and it was an interview that got me far too excited about days gone by all of that and loads more still to come now Vassos tell us who's first he's a former pro footballer who went viral when he celebrated Scotland reaching the Euros as DS Arnott he returns to BBC One on Sunday night at 9 p.m. for a much-anticipated sixth series of the gripping Line of Duty. So please welcome a man whose English accent is so good, my wife refuses to believe he's Scottish. It's the brilliant Martin Compston. Hello, Martin. Hey, uh, yeah, morning, guys. Welcome back to the show. How are you? Yeah, not bad, mate. How's yourself? Very well. We're very well. We're very lucky. Um, everybody's well and happy here, and we're cracking right on, Martin. Every day above ground and all that. So... We all watched, well, we nearly all watched. I watched it and Vassos watched, it doesn't matter. But anyway, I, I watched episode one of your brand new season of Line of Duty. It's as simple as this, Martin. You know, you know what I'm going to ask you. How come they get it so right when other people get shows like this so wrong? Like, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's every year it gets uh, slowly, it's really exciting, but a bit more terrifying as it just seems to get bigger and bigger. You know, it's kind of got a life of its own with all the anticipation. So it's... The scripts, it all starts from Jed Mercurio. The scripts, once again, were phenomenal. Um, it was a wee bit of a different way of filming with COVID and everything, where we came back. So usually I've got a really good gauge on these things, how it is. This year's a bit different. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a bit in the dark myself, just in how it's all turned out. But as I said, the scripts were cracking, so fingers crossed. Well, it's brilliant. And of course, Kelly McDonald joins the gang this year. We can say that, can't we? Yeah, yeah, you can say that. I mean, uh, we've been really lucky over the years and it's... Part of the huge success of the show, all these amazing guest stars we've had right from the off. But um, Kelly's a bit of a Scottish icon, so it's probably the most exciting I've had uh, to have somebody on board, and, and she, she's amazing. Yeah, uh, of course, if people don't know who we're talking about, you will recognise her instantly from Train Spotting and Boardwalk Empire and other amazing, amazing shows. So, what can we say about what goes on? Because, you know, something I referenced earlier on was yesterday we were talking about pilot episodes and how sometimes you've got to get through a pilot episode because pilot episodes have to have so much going for them um, because they've got to sort of convince the network to buy, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever may happen next. So they've got to plant a lot of uh, sort of uh, plot bombs uh, that are going to get detonated later. Now, that can mean that the first episode is a bit perfunctory and it's a bit like, you know, you've you've got to get through it, push through it, and then on you go to the second episode and the rest of the series and, and therein lies the road. Coast ride, but Line of Duty doesn't do that. Somehow, it hits the ground at a thousand miles an hour, and it all goes on in the first episode. And you're thinking, you know, all I do as a viewer, I don't know what you think about this, Martin, but all I do as a viewer is I'm 15 minutes in, and I'm looking to the heavens, and I'm thanking the telly gods for giving me another six hours of great stuff to watch on telly because I, I am on board for the whole series. Uh, that's um, honestly, Chris, that's actually a relief to hear that you say that because uh, the first episode, as exactly as you say, is even for us. It is a bit slower just because you're setting everything up. And I think sort of people forget historically, like AC-12 aren't really involved as much as the first one. It's usually setting up in the new story. Um, 
So there's always that worry with the first one and you just hope people stick with us. Um, but yeah, I, I think the first step kicks off pretty well. But from then on, two, three, four, five, six, it goes haywire. Really? Um, <laughs> yeah, I think. So, I mean, I think me watching it, I kind of thought, is this a bit slow? But it's not possibly slow. it's not compared to other shows, but... <laughs> Because I know what's coming. Because often, often when we get these encoded links, preview links, they send us all episodes for the whole series. BBC haven't done that. They said, no, you can have one. That's enough. It's like, no, we want all... Come on, we're in show well, business. Because there is some proper... I think as well, like, probably speaking on behalf of most of the people on the show, mm. Series 3 was our favourite to film because right. it felt like a combination of 1, 2, and 3 we were building this huge climax. Yeah. 6 feels like it's the climax of everything. This is where it's all been coming to. So... From sort of ep two onwards, there's just bombshell after bombshell. Um, so I don't think they could, um, as much as the media really have been fantastic with us, because I think they realise people don't want to spoil yeah, it. Yeah, they don't. It's they, they, it's not worth the risk these days to let stuff go because there is some huge things coming. Wow, what a good sell, my friend. And we haven't said a thing about what's in the first episode because we really can't. Um, AC12, Vassos is new to the party, so just for lots of other people are, because it's not about preaching the converted, it's about saying, making them feel safe, don't worry, come back, all, all is as was. But uh, you need to not preach to the choir and preach to some newbies. So tell everybody who AC12 are, what do they do, and your position within that particular um, arm of the law. Basically, we're, we're an anti-corruption unit, sort of like the British version of internal affairs, cops who investigate cops. Um, and within that, uh, I played DS Arnott, um, somebody who was transferred from anti-terror after a, an operation went wrong and somebody died, and he took a tan, uh, he took a stand against his former colleagues. And then he goes on to meet uh, the iconic Ted Hastings, uh, the peerless. Uh, Kate Fleming and they go off and, and chase bad guys who know the problem is the bad guys just happen to be cops yeah. um, no it's just it's it's, it's I'm very, really proud to be part of the show um, it's something that it, it does it treats sort of the viewers with respect you know it doesn't talk down to them you've got to stay with the show you've got to pay attention you can't be tweeting on your phone um, and also I think <laughs> we, we had a really sweet spot that we had the streaming and sort of the weekly show at the same time. Yeah. The streaming, people can go back and watch uh, series one, two, three. But it's that weekly build. You know, people don't get every episode right away. So they have to give people a chance to kind of talk about their different theories and see what they think is coming next. All right. Well, you're awesome, uh, Martin. What else is going on in your life that you can tell us about, want to tell us about? Uh, at the minute, I'm filming uh, uh, the second series of a show I did called Traces before heading up to to Scotland to do an Amazon show called The Rig. So, yeah, man, exciting times. Good for you, pal. Well, lots of love to you and your family. Stay safe and thanks for your amazing work. Cheers, guys. All the best. You're very welcome, Martin Comston. You did it again, by the way. I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna say it with a guest on the phone. You know, you called it the line of duty. <laughs> I can't have that and the Formula One in the same week, mate. It's called line of duty. The line of duty. <laughs> what is wrong with him? And there was Gary Lineker, who I'm known. I met the match of the day. On the match of the day with the who was he with? The Mark Hughes. The Mark Hughes talking about the line of duty. Yes. What's wrong with him, Rachel? <laughs> oh, I quite like him. <laughs> the best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. He's a BAFTA-winning comedian who devised and stars in the biggest show on Channel 4. And much more importantly, he puts the bins out when Rachel tells him to. The hilarious Taskmaster returns to our screens tonight at 9pm, so please welcome the man Greg Davies calls Little Alex Horn. It's wonderful, Alex Horn. Yay! <laughs> Hooray! Good Hi, morning. Al. How are you doing? I'm good. And I sometimes put the bins out, even when she doesn't ask me. Yeah, Not well, often. You, you sometimes put the bins out when she doesn't ask you. You do sometimes when she asks you, but that's if you're ever there. She hasn't seen <laughs> you for, like, years, Alex. This is your wife. You may remember her from such things as marriage. Rachel, Alex, Alex, Rachel! Hello! I hear the voice a lot. I don't see the face a lot. <laughs> so, Al, congratulations. Well done with season one of Taskmaster. Season 10, of course, overall, but season one on Channel 4. Um, and the second series kicks in pretty quickly, you know, after the first is over. It's because it's tonight. Now, now, is that a COVID thing or was that always the plan? Well, we do a lot of episodes now. We do 10 episodes per series and we do two a year. So it's almost half the year we're on the telly, which is which is nice. I, I see it like sport, Chris. You know, it's 
we do two football seasons a year, two Taskmaster seasons a year. Yeah. It, it should be on all the time, shouldn't it? I think you might as well be. Yeah, I think so. But then, you know, what are you saying about your wife? You'd see me even less. <laughs> ah, yes. No, I've, I remember that she's on this programme. And this, it's, this is different to the normal yeah, interview, isn't it? it is. I've, I've got, there's a lot in play. A lot of fact-checking going on. And I don't need to triple-check it because she's here and she's actually your wife! Right, yeah, so yeah. let's get on to the question I want the answer to, of course. Uh-huh. which is, do you regret not buying the Taskmaster House 11 series in, having had to lease it? I don't have any regrets, Chris, in life. I uh, <laughs> I don't think I've got quite enough time in my head to think about that. Right. And also, I couldn't have more than one house. I think I would fall over, really. So, um, so the answer is no, but probably the truth is yes. Okay, well, you know, should that change? Should you want to change your mind? What's the point of having a mind if you never change it? Of course, then we can hand you over to our property magnet, um, Vassal Alexander. Vassal Alexander, yes. Well, Some I might property talk to advice. Yeah, we have very different brains, I think, Vassal yeah, and I. Also, so very I might different bank accounts by the sounds of it. I thought you were locked and loaded with all the cash. But Vassal's can... Because you, you should never bet what you can't afford to lose. And Vassal's can clearly afford to lose a quarter of a million pounds. Five pounds. Yes, I heard this. Yes, I was with the rest of the nation saying that he's completely wrong. That's, Sorry, Vassal. By the way, that's the rest of the nation, Vassal, <laughs> against you and your grand, who's no longer here to back you up. 511,000 pounds later, I'll be, I'll be the one laughing. Now you love your, you love your sport, don't you, Al? Um, do if you ever had, do you have have a little uh, side bet on things now and again? Well, we went to Galway races last year or two years ago, I suppose, and uh, that's the way I want to do it. With you can put fifty p on a horse, and it doesn't matter if it, it comes in or matter. not. It's a bit of fun. But the feeling when it does come in is unbeatable, unfortunately. Yeah, when the fun stops, stop, <laughs> Vassos. Yeah. Okay. Um, have you changed? Have you learnt anything? Have you taken anything on board? No regrets here, by the way. Um, have you taken anything on board from Series 1 of Taskmaster on Channel 4 to Series 2? Or have you just cracked on because you're already happy with the Taskmaster groove? We haven't taken anything on board. I, I would say because it's been under slightly tricky circumstances, so there's no audience this time and there's no touching. I'm not allowed to be within two metres of my hero, Greg. Um but I guess what we learned was that that's fine and the format stands up and the comedians are funny enough not to worry about little things like uh, being next to each other. So, no, we've, we've cracked on and we, we've tried not to change anything about it. And the comedians this year, because it's people like Lee Mack in it and Charlotte Ritchie, they're so strong. It's just, uh, it's a lot of fun. Well, you've alluded to the lineup. Give us the full, um, the full race card. Yes, Jamali Maddox, Charlotte Ritchie, Mike Wozniak, Sarah Kendall and Lee Mack, who was persuaded to do it by his children. And that's, I think the reason you should accept any TV show. Well, that happens a lot. We've talked about this before. He wasn't persuaded to do it by his kids. He was strong-armed into doing it. It was, a, yes. it was, it was like, Dad, you either do it or you leave. Yeah, and in fact, one of his kids is a is a big, big fan who's come up with some tasks for us. One of one of the studio tasks in the last series was written by Lee Mack's child. So we're well, employing both of them now. Hang on a minute. Uh, he hasn't had a sort of heads up, inside skinny as to what the tasks are going to be this time. So he can be overly funny, has he? No, 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 no. You sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? I mean, if if there was a if there was word that any there was anything dodgy going on in Taskmaster, we would hear about it. I actually got a message this morning from a law lecturer in Edinburgh University. This is hot off the press, Chris, who wants to uh, teach his first year students how to interpret rules and read legislation using videos from Taskmaster. <laughs> so we are on the edge of the law. What has been the best lateral thinking you have encountered via Taskmaster? It's, it's Richard Osman, the genius Richard Osman. Uh, and I think he set the tone for the whole thing. It was series two. There was a task. Um, there was, there were, uh, what was it? There was a yoga mat on the top of a hill. And there were three yoga balls at the bottom of the hill. And the task was to put those three yoga balls on the yoga mat on the top of the hill. And he interpreted that as on the yoga mat, which is currently on the top of the hill. But he ran up the hill, brought the yoga mat down instead of bringing the yoga balls up. So he put the yoga balls on the yoga mat, which was on the top of the hill. And we said, yep, that's absolutely fine. And that, it made us realise, yeah, thinking around it is much better than just doing it directly. So did he win the series? Didn't win. I think he lost by a point and he still is slightly bitter because there was, there was a dispute about points. Okay. Um, what more do you want to tell us to, to hook people? There are two incidents this series, yes. um, Chris, which uh-huh. are defining moments in Taskmaster history. They both, they both involve one of the contestants. But I can't give you any more than that. I, oh. I've learned from you, Chris. When you say something and say and say we'll carry that one after the next song, and then you don't even do it 
after that song. Don't usually do that year, to be honest. The rest of the episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, exactly. Because I, I just forget. I'm just too excited. I'm in the moment. I'm in the moment. Alex, lovely to talk well, to I you. Can't wait to see you again. Can't wait to share a cold drink with you. Let's do that as soon as possible. Me too. Yes, I'll see you as soon as possible. All right. Um, I'll have him as soon I, as And as you possible. too, Rachel. I'll see you this evening. <laughs> <laughs> no, he said me as soon as possible, not you. He loves me. He loves me, not you. He loves me. Alex. Bye. And Greg Bye. and the gang from Taskmaster back tonight, Channel 4, for the brand new season. Biggest show on the Channel 4 Telebox. 9pm. Don't miss it all. Watch it on Catch Up With Your Kids tomorrow tea time. That's how we play. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. If you're having a midlife wobble, job-changing, newly single, empty nest, you'll be thrilled to hear about a new online community to help women find their next steps. According to Noon, middle age is a boon, a happy tune, and can't come too soon. Please welcome the founder of Noon.org.uk, the brilliant Eleanor Mills. Good morning, Eleanor. Hello, hello. Hello. Now, before we go any further, we have previous, so... Shall I tell them or shall you tell them? Uh, I'd like to hear your version. Okay, my, 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 what do you mean version? Okay. <laughs> I was just going to say that we worked together when you were editor of the Sunday Times magazine. What, what else would you like to add to that? By the way, feel free. <laughs> well, Chris, you wrote that amazing article for me last January, which was all about that whole thing around wellness and how yeah. do you really live a good life. Mm-hmm. And you, you listed a whole load of things in there that you could do to kind of make your life better. And one of them was talking about um, Urquhart Toller and the power of now. Do you remember you did a whole list? Yeah, I do. And yeah. I, I left the Sunday Times about exactly this time last year. And I went into a bit of a decline. I'd um, been there for 23 years. Mm. And it was just so weird. So weird when you stop doing something you've been doing for that for so long. I just felt like all the scaffolding of my life had kind of been taken away. And my kids were going off to uni and I felt real like empty nest pangs. And mm. then I got COVID. And I was feeling I was really in quite a low ebb. And um, I remembered you talking about Urquhart Toller and the Power of Now, and I started listening to it on my audio book when mm. I was sick with COVID. And I think it completely changed my life um, because that was the point where I started thinking about all the other women who were in this situation and in midlife, you can suddenly get ambushed by everything you thought was all kind of going all right in your life suddenly seems to kind of fall apart. Mm. And I found that book profoundly helpful. And I also really wanted to try and do something to help all the other women who found themselves at a crossroads in midlife and, and there was nowhere to go. I went and looked online and there was just nothing nothing to help. So I decided that I would set something up to help women like who were in the situation I was then. Well, good for you. And I know these um, phrases come um, sometimes all too easy, but it doesn't mean they're not true. So, you know, for breakdown, see breakthrough, for things happening to you, maybe reframe them as things happening for you, you know, for bottoming yes. out, see start again, uh, Phoenix from the Flames. And all this can come true if you want it to. Yes, it really can. But it is it is one of those things that when you're in it, I remember some, some friend of mine looking at me and saying, you know, honestly, it'll be all right. Change is difficult. Yeah. And being to being kind of told that change was difficult and that it was okay to be finding it hard was actually one of the most comforting things that anybody said to me because when you've been quite a kind of high achieving person everyone goes oh you'll be fine yep. you know you're great you'll be fine and actually at that moment you don't feel fine and you don't really feel like it'll ever be fine again you just kind of feel like you're going kind of going down 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 and then something sometimes you kind of something helps you hit the bottom so you can push up again yeah and for that that was a mixture of learning to meditate and the real love and support and community of all the people around me and then just beginning to think that you could you, you could have a next chapter and that I you know me I've always been re- a real optimist and I think that we can kind of change things and make the world a better place and so I really wanted to try and do that for everybody who found themselves in that lonely position I wanted to read something which would give me a map of how to get out of there at that point and I just I couldn't really find anything that was directed at women in their midlife okay and that's how the best things are born aren't they you know the best books are written for uh, for for the person by the person who, who writes it the same with the movies you know we talk to lots of creatives and that they you know the best work comes out of needs must and it's in a way if you have a need and it needs fulfilling and you choose to do that yourself you the voice comes more easily how has that been for you I think that's true. I'm a great believer in the President Obama phrase that you need to be the change that you want to see in the Mm. world. 
I really think that that's true. But I also think it's hard. You know, I've been a media person for the last, you know, 20, 23 years. I was kind of editing stuff in the British newspapers and I've done a lot of TV and radio and stuff. But when you start to speak with your own voice, you know, not representing the Sunday Times, but representing you and what you really believe in and what you really care about. I found that shift from being a kind of public voice talking for an organisation to really talking from my heart quite hard quite scary um but also massively uh, rewarding and i also think that you connect with people in a completely different way when you're really speaking your truth and i think i really went through something that was that was quite dark and i really hope that it's okay to say to people you can go through a dark time and you can come out the other side and feel better and you can also help people who were in that situation themselves and the reason why i think i took your advice chris was i remember that you know you had also been through a for a bit of a dark night yourself and so that it kind of resonated with me i love it i love it do us a favor um i know you i know that officially your, your tag is www.noon.org.uk yeah. but have a subtitle which just says in brackets afterwards an amazing load of women <laughs> okay we'll do that we our, our tag at the moment is so much more to come but we can do brackets chris yeah. says amazing load of women so much more to come via an amazing load of women or a truckload of amazing women <laughs> or a mother load of amazing women something <laughs> like, like a that. mother load eleanor mother it's load great to talk to you i'm so happy that you're well and you're rocking oh. and rolling and back to better than your past best Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. You're awesome, Eleanor. Awesome. Noon.org.uk. Have a look, see what you think. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. So we've heard from just some of our superb guests already and there's still plenty more of them on the way. Frontman of The View, Kyle Faulkner, delves into his solo work, including the brand new single Stress Ball, from his upcoming album No Love Songs for Laura, Irish personal trainer and YouTube sensation Caroline Gervin has us all breaking a sweat with her epic home workouts. Telly legend and fitness guru Davina McCall flies the flag for a chock-a-block comic relief 2021 Red Nose Day. A Michelin starred chef Theo Randall shares mouth-watering recipes from his new book, The Italian Deli Cookbook. All of that and more still to come. So let's get right back to the action. Vassos, who's next? What uh, stories could you expect from someone who was in a punk band with Bobby Gillespie and signed Oasis? The answer is very good ones. The new movie, Creation Stories, is on Sky Cinema from tomorrow. So please welcome a man who's seen it all, done it all, and luckily for us, remembered some of it. It's the one and only <laughs> Alan. Alan McGee. Morning, Alan. Hi, Chris. How are oh, you doing, dude? I'm very well. It's lovely to hear your voice again. Congratulations. What a film. Well done, pal. Oh, it's great. It's, I mean, uh, Irvin and Nick Moran did brilliant. Fantastic film. Well, let's, 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 headline, let's headline that. Let's highlight that. Who, who is involved in this film? Off you go. Uh, well, it, it's, I wrote the book and then Irvin liked, liked the book and said we should try and do a movie. He developed it with this girl who never made a film before, Shelley Hammond, who's the film producer, done an unbelievable job pulling it together. They came to me and said, let's get Ewan McGregor. I went, well, you know me, so you know what I look like. And I went, I do not look like Ewan McGregor. <laughs> so, so, so two days later, they went, what about Spud? And I went, that'll actually work, because he's a brilliant actor. He and he kind of looks like He's me. a brilliant actor. And... From that, they then got... Uh, Irvin went, Nick Moran's amazing. And I thought... Because I hate all that Cockney stuff, do you know what I mean? You know, that Guy Ritchie stuff, you know, lock, stock and two smoking <laughs> bars. Never liked it. So I was like, oh, I'm not one of these guys. But I met him and he's a brilliant artist, a brilliant director. I thought, God, it could be good. And then at the last bit, they brought Danny in. And that suddenly you had like... Ewan Bremner, Nick Moran, Irvin Welsh, Danny Boyle. And it was a great team, you know? Yeah, I mean, I didn't know all that, to be honest. You know, I, I knew it in the end, but I flipped up my laptop last night. I was standing in town last night and um, and I started to watch it and I thought, oh, this is this is too good. And I was on my own. <laughs> I'll be honest with you, Al. Um, there's a hotel over the road, the London Bridge Hotel. And you, they're, allowed, yeah. they're allowed to have one person in the whole hotel in lockdown. They can have one guest, five floors. So how rock and roll was it that I had a whole hotel to myself? <laughs> Self, right, I had your blimmin' film, and I had a bottle of Rioja, right, Brilliant. and I had a takeaway, and I had a, I, I poured the first glass of Rioja into the glass, 
And yeah. I, I was 10 minutes into your film, and then I picked up the rest of the bottle, uh, or the bottle with the rest of the wine in it, and I poured it down the toilet because I thought, I'm getting too excited. And <laughs> I have to pour this away because not only will I have this bottle, but then I will go and get another bottle. It just kicked, it all, all the old emotions just kicked back in straight away. What's that about? Maybe I was responsible for turning you <laughs> on to wine. I don't know. You know, it's, it's really great. I mean, the thing is, it's Irvin Welsh's script, Chris. Yeah. Half of it is not really factually correct. Yeah. But once I got into that concept and went, it's an Irvin Welsh film, I'm just in it, then it's cool, you know? It is really cool. It is really cool. Um, you know, please watch the film, everyone. I know that loads of people listening to Virgin Radio will watch this film. It's on Sky Cinema. It's it's tomorrow. It's called Creation Stories. And it's some of Alan's life so far. Uh, thank God you're still here to tell <laughs> some of the tale, Al. Uh, here's a question for you. I wrote loads of questions down last night while I was while I was inspired. Let's just leave it at that, <laughs> in inverted commas. And one was, because I've never really talked to you about it, because we talk around it and we just talk anyway. But how, 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 what was the... How good was it? How good did it get? What was the best bit of the whole experience for you? And what was the absolute worst bit, if you can say it, say it, talk about it on the radio? I'd say the worst bit was uh, I was so debilitated by the drugs uh, that I couldn't access my energy. Right. So for six months, I had like one hour of energy practically a day. Mm-hmm. And that was really frustrating, Chris. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but you can't. Your body shuts down because your mind's gone, do you know what I mean? Right. And you can't access the energy. I don't really understand it, but that's what happened to me. Uh, and I suppose the best bit was Oasis being number one in 32 countries Christmas 95. And I went to see the shrink. I was seeing a, a therapist, a, a psychiatrist and a psychoanalyst at the same time. And I was sitting going, I never asked for this level of success of number one in 32 countries and they laughed exactly like you laugh at me now and they were just like you know what are you going on about this why you do it so uh so i suppose that was as good as it got you know and and when when you had to do all the mopping up um eventually you know as we've all had to do and we may have to do again hopefully nowhere near as much uh, how, what was left of your empire Oh, it was intact because I got sober and I, I kept it, and then I, I reinvested it all properly. Right, I see. So, so even so, you you got sober quick enough when there was still enough inertia within yeah. the, the 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 this sort of runaway train, because yeah. you know one one way of always having enough dosh is just by earning more. It doesn't work. It's not a great philosophy, but it's <laughs> it's, it's it's a sung sheet. I know. That, it though. I know it's a sung sheet that you and I have sung from before, and so you caught it in time, did you? Yeah, I did. I managed to get sober, and uh, and for the last five years of the nineties, I was pretty sober, you know. Uh, Alan, it's lovely to talk to you. Well done Brilliant. with the book. Well done for the film, and uh, I hope to see you again soon one day somewhere. Yeah, I'll see you with cast, no doubt, at your uh, at your uh, car fest. Thank you. All right, man. pal. Lots of love. All right, bye, man. Bye. Cheers, Alan. Oh, my goodness me. Great to talk to Alan McGee again. You've got to watch this film tomorrow. You have to watch this film. It's on Sky Cinema. It's called Creation Stories. Irvin Welsh has got a little bit too creative, if you can say that of Irvin Welsh, Welsh with a few of the facts, but it's all the fun of the fair. It's all the fun of the rock and roll Ferris wheel. And on it turns, thank God. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Our next guest has presented some of the biggest shows on TV, but she's never been on this show before. She's hosted Red Nose Day since 2005, and tonight she has a car to give away. So here to tell you how you can win a classic and feel fantastic by donating to a wonderful charity. Yes, you really can have it all. It's Davina McCall. All right, Davina. (laughs) Morning. Morning. How are you today? I'm very excited. Good. Um, now, it's not all about this car, because Comfort Relief is it's never about just one thing. It's about a million things, which is why we love it. It's raised yeah. a billion quid and counting for yeah. various charities. Yeah. Do, we, do we have a sort of more precise figure, Davina, over the years? I, I do not have a more precise figure, but I think a billion quid is 
is a lot. Okay, it, it, no, it is a lot. <laughs> we don't have to think that. We know that a billion quid is a lot, but I think it is over a billion pounds and counting. Yes, that's what I mean. It's raised a lot. It's yeah. raised over a billion. Well, well yeah. done. And you've been there for yeah. loads of it. Um, do you remember your first ever Red Nose Day, hosting your first ever Red Nose Day event and how you felt at the time? Well, I remember the first time I went to go and see what Red um, Nose Day money does, and that was a, a really life-changing trip i went out to go and see um a project where they were taking people who'd been in a slum and uh, their homes were decimated at, at will like whenever the people felt that they wanted to come and reclaim their land so nobody everybody was homeless they were just kind of moving from area to area and i met a little girl called eunice and by comic release money they got a, a grant to go and get a permanent piece of land via a loan, which they then repaid, which got passed on to some more people who could then use the loan to buy their own piece of land, which then got repaid. So it just kept doing, um, kept doing good. But this girl, Eunice, I kept in touch with, and she ended up going to university and ended up becoming a doctor. Oh, wow, that's the best story yeah. ever. And that's yeah. what Comrade Relief's all about. Now... Davina famously doesn't drink. I famously do. Um, so um, for those of us who do, the more um, you, the more cold drinks you have tonight, you know, keeping it sort of semi-responsibly, the more generous you'll become. That's that's how, that's how that's how drinking alcohol works on a Friday. Become <laughs> relief. So so tonight, drink for charity, everyone. Uh, and then when Davina comes on and she tells us stories like that, you'll go, oh, come on, let. Uh, what, how much are we giving so far? Have one for me. Lump it on, double it. Um, because it, it does work, doesn't it, Davina? Um, and how, how is hosting a night on Common Relief nowadays? You know, what is the vibe? I mean, it'd be entirely different this year, well, won't it? Well, it's very, very strange this year, obviously, because we don't have anybody in the studio and we're all quite a long way apart. But just to be stood next to Lenny is really, really nice yeah. because I was presenting with him the first time I ever presented back in 2005. And um, he really, for me, epitomises Comet Relief and he knows the work that they've done and he, he lives and breathes it. So it's really nice to be with him. And obviously Paddy is hilarious. We've got David Tennant on um, tonight, who is... Well, I mean, David Tennant, you must know David, right? Yeah. He's like... He's, he's obviously, like, an amazing actor, but he's such a good presenter. I oh, know. It's really annoying, And I think it? it's quite hard to do both oh, things, but he's brilliant oh, at um, presenting. And then, obviously, the gorgeous Alicia... And then the thing that I wanted to talk to specifically about today was Carfest has donated this amazing gift for this show that's coming on after 10 o'clock, which is hosted by Amanda Holden and Jason Manford. And it's called the Great Comic Relief Prizeathon. So it's on at 10 o'clock. And basically, if you want to donate £10 and you're sufficiently married by then, um, you can also <laughs> enter a prize draw. Yes. Which is amazing because it's a win-win, right? Comic Relief. Um, get some of your money, yep. and you get the opportunity to win some crazy, crazy prizes. Now, one of them I saw in the car park yesterday, oh, no. Chris. It's beautiful. I've not seen it in the flesh. What's it like? Oh, it's gorgeous. <laughs> when, when, I, when I saw um, what we were talking about, and then I got there yesterday, I thought, I think that's it. And then I read that it was yellow. It's, oh, my gosh. So it's a 1970 <laughs> VW Common Gear, which is such a sexy car. Um, it's a coupe manual. It's the original Carmen, uh, California Carmen, and it's in pampas yellow with a tan oh interior. No, oh no, it looks like a little duckling. We've had ducklings hatching in the Evans household this week, and it's like the car oh. version. It's like the car version of this. So we had a choice of cars. We were going to go for actually at one point we were going to go for two, and it was going to be the Beauty and the Beast. Uh, of course, the oh, Carmen yeah. Gear is the Beauty, and the Beast was going to be this yeah. sort of massive growling uh, Corvette. Um, drop top um, but uh, Rich and I were talking about it let's, and we thought let's just go for one and we can do that again next year but we think this is a very comic relief-y sort of comic relief friendly card do you know what I mean? Yes and it's, it is a card that you cannot not love yeah that's the like, thing isn't it, it is so beautiful and so pretty and everybody would look amazing in it yeah. um, and I think it is just an amazing prize and that's the thing about this show in the show during the show there are going to be other enormous prizes that you can enter the draw for. So it's really worth tuning in or staying with us uh, until 10 o'clock tonight because that's going to be yeah. uh, some great, great prizes. Davina, yeah. you are awesome. I love you. Have a great night oh, on the telly tonight. Too. Give my love to all the gang there, especially I Lenny, will. the king of Comet Relief and Richard and Susie and all the gang. Yeah, thank you so much. You're the best. All right. Tonight, 
Lots of love. 7 p.m. BBC One. It's the big Comrade Relief show. If you want to win the car, have a look at it at Virgin Radio UK on Insta and text the word car to 81155. All the details, T's and C's are on the Comrade Relief website, which you can get to automatically if you just swipe up. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Our next guest stars in a promotional video where he smashes up a studio. Now, who on earth would do something like Silly that? Idea. Silly the idea. brilliant frontman of The View. His solo career is really catching fire. He wrote his new single, Stress Ball, in a taxi on the way to work. Please welcome the ridiculously talented Kyle Faulkner. Good morning, Kyle. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Good morning, guys. Good morning. morning. Welcome, welcome to the show. How are you, my friend? I'm good. It's just been a bit chaotic. I've just been getting the kids to nursery and brushing teeth and getting nappies on. It's been good. Right, that's been Dundee. So how are you with schooling? What's going on with lockdown? What are the rules where you are? Um, I think they're just, they're, they're just starting to loosen up. But uh, I've got to... I've got a two-year-old and a four-year-old, so oh. they both go to nursery. <laughs> so there's not, it's not quite homeschooling, but it's pretty chaotic. All right, good fun. Uh, well, uh, it's exciting as well. So, how are you feeling, my friend? Have you? Did you have to postpone um, the release of this? Because I believe it's it's uh, scheduled for June now. Yeah. Um, well, I actually recorded it last year in like August, okay. and and when I met Alan McGee, he was. He he was want I was wanting to release it earlier, but he was like, no, hold off. Let, let's make it a proper release, and we'll get you back, and we'll get on the radio, and we'll make it a big thing. So I was like, no, I want to release it before Christmas of last year, but it never happened. So I'm just glad it's all going great. Now people listening to the show will be thinking, hang on a minute. I thought Alan McGee was a guest on the show today. He's just been mentioned by Carl. Is that it? No, no. This is all serendipity. Um, so Carl, <laughs> Alan is on the show in a bit to talk about this new film, which is a biopic of some of his life, his rock and roll years. And by the way, he's still cracking on in that world and plenty of his life yeah. uh, still yet to live thank goodness and um, if you watch the film you think well it was touch and go for a while the movie's creation stories it's on Sky Cinema from tomorrow uh, you've seen it I loved it what did you think? I thought it was outstanding it was, it was really emotional I actually got like a uh, uh, McGee sent me it like three months ago and said like, just have a little watch and tell me what you're thinking yeah I was I was in tears and I sent him a big sentimental text saying wow and, and he was like yeah he's going that's my life man all documented now so it's pretty cool man. Now we were there you know and we had it all for the taking and we made the most of it as much as we could and we left nothing on the pitch in the nineties. Um, what what was your take? Because you're like a couple of generations younger than me and Alan. What was your take on that scene, the Oasis scene, Stone Roses, Primal Scream, Amy Winehouse, etc. Um, well, that's that's like my favourite music. That was when I started to want to play the guitar, and it still seems like um, like it was a dream. You no, know, all that stuff when you hear all the stories yeah. and stuff. It's still even when you speak to Liam Gallagher or you speak to to Al McGee. It's all they all just like it was just a big a big hoo ha. It was like you don't even know if it was real. <laughs> it could have been fake. <laughs> that's that's how it feels. That's how it feels to me. I was watching it last night. And I was thinking, my goodness me, because I often say, you know, people say if you could go back to any moment in history where would you go and I always say I'd, I would like to be a teenager in the 60s late teens early 20s sort of circa 61 62 63 till about 67 but actually yeah. now with the, with the benefit of perspective from the 90s I think we had it pretty good then too I mean are you are you slightly envious of us what's it what's it like what was it like for your generation as a teenager what's it like for you as a 30 something now um well when I was like a what, what was I in the nineties? I, I was born in eighty seven, so yeah. like the nineties were like I, I kind of remember Spice Girls and like just getting to races and yeah. stuff. But it was more like in my teens I got into got into everything from the nineties, like well, my late teens. So uh, and so who yeah, who, who for example? Because I was trying to think last night. I thought, what is the, what is the subsequent generations equivalent of what we had then? Because I was most worried about my eldest son, who's twelve, and about what's going on with him now. Because you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm out of touch, but there doesn't seem to be, you know, that kind of sort of pent up frustration, bedroom frustration that explodes into artistry because they're now being drawn into um, the world, the, the the virtual world of gaming and computers, as opposed to you know exploding from their own source with with energy, emotion, and the, the sort of need to communicate or to get whatever it is in inside them out. Yeah, I don't know. Well, you don't really see people like kids on the streets anymore. It used to be like big gangs on at the shops and like yeah. like congregations of people playing football, and not just because of COVID, but 
you don't really see the kids are all in their house on their computers now, and it's which is which is cool. But I mean, I feel like there's going to be an implosion of some something coming soon, like something great from all the new generation, like. We like they've been working on something like outstanding without us knowing about it. So when yeah. you, when you were in your teens, so, so who were the bands that that you revered in in the noughties, for example? Uh, well, when when we first started as a band, the Libertines were kind of like right. our our band that we loved, Got and it. we loved the Clash and stuff as well. It was the, yeah, yeah. the Clash are who we wanted to be, but it was Oasis, the Clash, and the Libertines. When we knew that the Libertines were doing it, and we saw them, we were like, oh, we could actually do that. Yeah. Like, we could, we could. It's not that far away because when you looked at Oasis, you were like, they, they, "That's a massive deal." Watching them on Main Road and like Nebworth, that was huge. But when you saw bands like the Libertines playing in small pubs and playing at people's houses, we thought we could do that. We pretty much do that every weekend anyway. So that's what inspired us to do it. Oh, that's interesting. You say the Libertines. Yeah, that's obvious. Now you've said it. It wasn't obvious at all beforehand. Uh, were there any other any other bands flanking the Libertines on either side, or were they, were they sort of head and shoulders above the rest? Well. Well, they weren't my favourite band at the time. My my favourite bands were actually Keen. Remember Keen, yeah, like I love uh, Keen. Tom Chaplin. I love they Keen. were my favourite band, like as a songwriter. But being in the View, we all had different style of music and different tastes. But yeah. I, I, when I first got into to writing, like first started playing piano and guitar, Keen was always like when that album Hopes and Fears came out, I was blown away by it. I was like, wow, it just completely changed my life. That record. It's been lovely to talk to you, Kyle. Really nice to talk to you. Thanks so much. Thanks a lot. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. She's a personal trainer who'll make you sweat so hard all her workouts come with a flood warning. She counts Natasha Evans as one of her almost a million disciples and she's already racked up 75 million views on her YouTube channel. Please welcome the fitness sensation that is epic, Caroline Gervin. Hello, Caroline, live from County Antrim. Hi there, how are you? Thank I'm you. Very Thank well. you for having me on, Chris. Okay, now I hear you're very welcome. Uh, it's, it's a thrill for us, believe me, and the honour and joy is all ours. Now, Marvellous Mirror, our executive says you're a bit nervous. I can't quite get my head around that, but I, I do believe you. But now I could say, you know how it feels to, to begin to embark upon maybe one second of one minute of one of your workouts for people who've never done it before? <laughs> Yeah, that that little bit of anticipation and a little bit of nervousness, I suppose, makes you sometimes perform that little bit better. <laughs> Caroline, you are so good at your job. How did you get into fitness? Um, I've always been active, actually, um, all my life. I, I have fond memories of going out just for nice wee runs when the sun um, was out, even when I was a teenager, just myself going out and using bushes as hedges, as hurdles, like jumping over hedges. And I've yeah, looking back on it, I've always sort of been very active. I played all sports and skills, so I think it's it just yeah, it's just it makes you feel amazing, and that's really it, you know. And so, how did the now legendary epic workouts happen? Um, yeah, that was um, yeah, completely unintentional in a way that it started. Um, it was just the lockdown. I obviously wasn't able to train um, the lovely people that I've trained for years and. I just thought I would grab my phone, record a simple workout that I was doing at home that day, and I was sending it to um, the people who I trained via WhatsApp, etc. Um, but that wasn't very good on the data in the house. <laughs> um, it was taking a lot of the data. So um, one of them suggested putting it on YouTube so they could watch it on their TV and follow along. So I did that, and then a few comments came through of people watching it that I didn't know. So it just started to grow from there. Um, and then obviously over time people were asking for more sort of scheduled work so they sort of could plan their week Yeah. and that was how Epic really just came about a little bit more structure for people to sort of help them and of course all the time you're learning the language of YouTube and your channel now and your workouts they look so slick and so professional and you sent us that beautiful message for Tash on Mother's Day and again you know such a top pro polished job so so what have, you, what have other skills other than fitness have you had to take on board? Yeah in the last 365 days I've really learned what Instagram is um, <laughs> um, I have learned a lot about editing and um, also taking photographs because I'm really not a person who would take like pictures of themselves yeah. if that makes sense yeah. so um, trying to get um, nice pictures and everything has been a learning experience so I did upgrade from my phone to a camera a few months ago which is a big step. So it just means that it's a little bit more aesthetically pleasing for everybody who's watching it at home, you know. So I do try to make it as nice as, 
as nice as I can for them to watch. Yeah, and it really comes across that you're not one of those kind of people, as you put it. Even though you are amazingly photogenic and take a great picture, you sort of get all that. And there's a certain, you have this X factor, you know, of authenticity, which Tash, I mean, Tash can smell a, a, a whopping of a red herring from like a million miles away. <laughs> and she, she just knew, she sensed instinctively straight away that you were the real deal. Um, from a tipping point of view, how many tipping points have you experienced for, for, from a following, followers point of view? So 10,000, 100,000, which was the biggest deal for you? When did you see the biggest sort of quantum and seismic shift in what you had to then do to service the audience that you have almost accidentally acquired? Well, when I hit, when, when, I, when I actually reached 100 subscribers, I mean, I, I just, I was completely blown away. I couldn't believe wow. that 100 people were subscribed Good for um, you. to me in my living room. Um, but then as time went on and certainly I hit like 100,000, I mean, it was, it's just been um, a roller coaster. And I really realized that I had to, I wanted to up it and make it um, even better for people in, in the way that I can. You know, it's not always perfect and I don't have a big studio, but um, I just make it as, as best as that I can for them. You know, they're always the community. The people are always in my head. Every single workout that I write down, how are they going to like it? Okay, they're going to find this part, you know, a wee bit tough, so maybe give them a little bit of break for the next exercise and things like that and really try and encourage them. And, you know, a smile goes a long way as well because I know that there's definitely yeah. hard moments in the workout. So just even that smile, like, to show I'm struggling too. It can help people push through. Um, the connection that people have with you virtually is incredible. You know, Tash burst into tears when um, the original Epic series was over because she thought that was it and she was crying for most of the morning. Oh, <laughs> Do you know that? Yeah. Do you know, so did I. <laughs> did you really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Epic yeah. 1 has happened. Epic 2 has happened. You can play catch-up <laughs> if you like, if you're brave enough, if you're big enough. It's either go big or go home, but you're at home anyway, so I don't know what... Uh, go big or stay home or go to your, the other room or the spare room. Uh, but Epic <laughs> Fire is on the way. Tell us briefly about Epic Fire, because we've got to go. Thanks for your time, Caroline. Oh, yes, of course. Epic Heat is going Epic to be Epic Heat, sorry. Epic Heat, yep. there you go. It's, it's going to be a condensed 10-week, 30-minute, five-days-a-week training schedule. Yeah. So, yeah, we're going to, get, we're going to turn it up and uh, spring and summer coming we're going to hopefully get outdoors more so 30 minutes a day you can get a solid workout done <laughs> okay now lots of people we have these festivals over here in the uk car fest north car fest south and retro car fest we also have rum fest and we have life lessons and they are gagging for you to come over and do some um live workout sessions with us will you do that oh wow <laughs> Um, absolutely that sounds really good yes uh -huh. oh, if you can fit us in we would love to have you Caroline you're yeah. an absolute superstar thanks for being on the show no Chris thank you so much thank you to everybody and thank you to all the people who join me every day thank you she is super cool she's a super super fantastic human being the best of the Chris Evans breakfast show with Sky on Virgin Radio he's the Italian chef Italian chefs depend on, and you would not believe what he can conjure with what's currently lurking in your kitchen cupboard. His latest blockbuster, The Italian Deli Cookbook, is already number one, and it's not out till Thursday. <laughs> so please welcome a saucy Theo, even better than Dolmio, it's Theo Randall. Oh, Very good. What an introduction. Thank yeah, you so intro. much. Better than Dolmio. That's a real treat. Thank you. How are you, Theo? I'm great, Chris. I really wish I was with you, though. So do I. So do I. But your food's here, and if I had to choose between the two, I would actually go for the food. Um, I'd like you both to be here. <laughs> well, that's a compliment, really. Of course it is. It's more than a compliment. Your book is so beautiful. Oh, Otum, Ota A produced a book that's got such depth of content. But this cover could not have been cheap. It's embossed. Now, I know, because I know about the publishing world a bit. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, three books and one to come. Um, and this is a decision, isn't it? To, to make a book so beautiful is a, is a, a business decision. Well, I think I was very lucky with, with the uh, publishers. Quadrille did a brilliant job on the book, and um, I'm so happy with it. I mean, the cover makes such a difference. It they does. can never judge a book by its cover, but honestly, that cover is superb. Yeah, you can't judge a book by its cover, but you can sell a book by you its cover. You can sell a book by Absolutely. its cover. Very good point. Uh, but thank goodness, um, inside the wrapping paper, there's nothing but joy. Uh, now, um, the girls on the show have been cooking furiously on your behalf and to our benefit. Now, Vastas and I, you know 
uh, because we've told you this. We've been vegan for a year now, but I'm going to break it. I'm going to break it on the air because I can't not have what Hell's Bells has cooked for me <laughs> from your book. Hell's Bells, remind us one more time. Uh, so this is uh, crostini with broad bean puree and braised Swiss chard. Tell us more about it, please, Theo. Okay, so this is a this is a classic uh, Pugliese uh, dish. The, the broad beans, you crush them up, you get an amazing top taste. You've got the Swiss chard. And it's just a kind of really earthy, delicious taste with that crostini, which is really crispy. And then you've got that delicious olive oil to go with it. Um, yeah, I'm so pleased you're breaking your, your, your veganism. There are, lo- there are lots of vegan recipes in the yeah, book, yeah. as I'm sure you've seen no, already. No, 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 see, we can adapt and people know. You know, if, you, if you've been to your, into your veganism for a year, you're batch cooking and you're messing about with different things and various things. Um, sorry, Jane, you haven't got one of these. There you go, Aussie Jane. <laughs> Aussie Jane's been, she's been aubergining. Right, should we all chomp it? We've never done this after three, all together. Three, two, one. Mm. I mean, come on, come on. Oh, that's great. There's nothing better than that, Theo. There's Silence nothing... is a good sound when you're eating, I tell you. Mm. There's nothing better than that. You don't need the other 99 recipes. It could have just yeah. been the one. <laughs> you save a fortune on I paper. I think it would have been a great seller. That's any problem. Um, so, so um, other highlights in there from your point of view? I mean, they, they, they all would be. Otherwise, they wouldn't make it to the 100 Glorious recipes celebrating the best of Italian ingredients. Well, I mean, there's lots lines. of recipes and there are quite a few vegan recipes. I mean, you know, there's there's two... I'm looking at two risottos at the moment. Tomato yellow courgette risotto mm-hmm. is uh, a vegan recipe. And I kind of... That's been on our vegan menu um, for, for uh, before we closed, which uh, was lovely. And then there's also another one, asparagus, which is so in season now. English asparagus is coming into season mm-hmm. in the next few weeks. And there's going to be so much of it. And so support your... your uh, Local growers, farmers, yep. and buy as much as you possibly can. And asparagus with sugar snap pea risotto Woo-hoo! with roasted garlic. And you can't believe there's no... I mean, it doesn't need any cheese, doesn't need any butter. It's got so much flavour. And the roasted garlic just gives it that kind of oomph and that sort of uh, flavour. It's a roasted taste which you need. So, And then there's a chocolate tart. And, and I'm, I'm sure you... Haven't you made a chocolate tart, the, the vegan chocolate tart? Hell's Bells is in there with a the vegan chocolate Whoa. tart! <laughs> By the way, we should have sent you photographs, um, Theo, because you will not be disappointed. The presentation mm. is so, of such high quality here today. Oh, that's brilliant. Well, do, se- do send me some photographs. I will be able to send you some. I'll take some. Okay, afterwards. amazing. How's bells? Any bumps in the road with this, or was it pretty that, plain sailing? No, really. Do you know what? That's almonds, olive oil, chocolate, coffee. But when, yeah. when you eat, when you eat it, you don't actually, you don't even think that it needs the butter and, and it's, it's, it's or egg. It's just it's set so nicely. And olive oil and chocolate is a great combination. Okay, um, if you had to choose the holy trinity of ingredients, what would be yours? Mine would be garlic, capers, and probably, probably tomatoes. Maybe oh, chickpeas. I'm not that far sure. off you, actually. Mine would probably include anchovy, which I know is no, not everyone's yeah, favourite, yeah, but yeah, the, the flavour of anchovy, mm-hmm. sort of crumbled up and seasoned, is delicious. Capers, I absolutely love. Sicilian capers are incredible. Olive oil comes naturally, I suppose. We can yeah. we're allowed olive oil, but yeah. for me, an olive, a really lovely sweet olive, like a tagiasca olive from Liguria, for me is heaven. See, desert island dishes is what we're talking about, really. It really is. There's a programme there. There could also be a lawsuit, I would imagine. But for, <laughs> done before. <laughs> for capers, or for anchovies, sea capers, you know when you can't have anchovies, it's not a dissimilar bite to it. That you know, It's got that sort of real epicentre of flavour of caper, like an anchovy house. It's not, I agree, but there's, there are good capers and there are bad capers. Mm. And I always think the little capers, the little tiny ones, have got so much flavour. And, um, you know, whenever I go on holiday, I always get, when we go, we go to Puglia in the summer, we did, well, we did a few years ago, uh, Puglia in the summer, and, you know, there's this, uh, this stall that all they sell is capers and olives. And I always go back, you know, I get two big jars of these capers and olives. These tend to last me the year. But the, the, uh, the capers are in salt, in these big chunks of salt, and you basically just wash the salt off. And these capers are so sweet. They're, they're a wonderful thing, a caper. Theo, thank you so much. Absolute pleasure. Thank you. You're awesome. I love you so love much. Love you too. Cheers, pal. Right, the Delhi Italian cookbook doesn't get any better. Doesn't get any better. And if it does, I don't want it. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Thank you so much for listening to this, the podcast of the Virgin Radio Breakfast Show. Don't forget you can subscribe and get it every week from wherever you get your podcast and you will never miss the weekly roundup of all the best bits from our Virgin Radio Breakfast Show with Sky.